Hello and welcome. You're listening to Life of a Polyglot, the podcast for language learners. This podcast is something that came about really from a need to share my love for language learning with the community. And I thought that really the key way to share languages was through talking about it, speaking and spreading the language. And this is the true way or what I think is certainly an exceptionally good way of sharing experiences and if there are others like me relatively alone in their language learning when able to really test their skills or anyone lacking motivation to really chase their dreams their language goals whether that be an amount of new characters by the end of the month maybe it's an upcoming exam whether you study the language at a level as a degree course or just for fun whether it's hsk exams that you want to conquer or the coveted c2 cephal exam This is a place, a community, for polyglots to share tips, tricks, and the occasional language joke. So, as I said before, this podcast will hopefully grow to become a community you can rely on, whatever your language related need, and will happily answer whatever question you might have whether it be about exams and qualifications, jobs in languages, or conjugation of that German verb that you still can't quite grasp. As a first episode, my aims were, really, just to introduce what I wanted and hoped this podcast would provide for me and the community. And although I have a vision, I have little direction or purpose, so I thought what better way to start than a little introduction to me and my language journey so far in my most fluent target language, Spanish. Hola, me llamo Mateo y me encanta las idiomas, aunque conoces esto porque yo haciendo esto blog. Empecé a aprender las idiomas cuando empecé en mi escuela y tengo tres horas por semana de español. Es mi asignatura favorita. Diría que cuando empecé que había me ayudado a leer y escribir, pero ahora creo que es más importante practicar con los españoles. Y cuando yo hablando con los españoles, preguntar sobre la gramática, pero también es importante comprender la cultura del país de su idioma. Pienso que si había escuchado y había hablado con los españoles del nacimiento de mis viajes con los idiomas, aprendería con más vitez que no tengo ahora. So that's me and my language learning so far. But what about you? What's your story? I'd love to hear. Whatever your background, I'm sure there's a few things we can all relate to as polyglots, or aspiring polyglots in my case. And here, well, I hope to cover a few of them. And surely we can all support each other in getting to a pickle, abroad or at home. Episodes will likely be twice a month on a Sunday, but this really depends, so I can't promise anything, and each episode will be unique. Episodes will likely feature a word of the month, its origins, and some translations and usage, 
a current issue or event in the language world, a tip or a trick or on a part of an exam, an app or course review, or generally the learning of a language. So that's that. And I thought, why not just dive in and go on with my first word of the month? And my word of the month this month is Legionnaire. Now, Legionnaire is quite an eccentric word with quite an eccentric spelling. And not a word you'd expect to hear quite quite so often these days. Legionnaire simply means member of a legion. Um, and legion is, well, let's get on to it. It's from French and it's first used in 1818. It's from the old French legion which is a squad, band, company, or Roman legion, which comes from Latin legionam, a body of soldiers, from legere, to gather or to choose, and from the prefix leg, or ledge, to collect and to gather. The first known use is in 1595, and most recently, in 1976, legionnaire's disease was announced. This is from a lethal outbreak of Legionella pneumophilia, a bacterium which was, like I said, lethal. In July 1976, it was lethal um, and it killed people at the American Legion Convention in Philadelphia. And hence, the bacterium was called Legionella. At the same kind of time, we have the words such as Zecchino, which is an Italian word, uh, which is by the French word sequin, which literally uh, means an old gold coin. Um, Zecchino and sequin, well, Zecchino was first used in 1595, and sequin first in 1617, or the first known use anyway. They both mean gold coin, um, but in today's use, they refer to an old gold coin of the time period of 1600 of either Italy or Turkish denomination. So back to Legionnaire, the word of the month that sparked all of this. Legionnaire means a member of a legion and translations include Legionnaire in Afrikaans and Legionario in Spanish. Throughout time, Legionnaire has gone increased and decreased in popularity and spiked in 1812, 1839, 1922, 1934, and 1955, and interestingly, decreased in popularity between the years of 1934 and 1950, spiking one year and dropping the next. If we take a look at what was happening during that time, we can see that in 1934, well, this was a break between two of the biggest wars in history, and this, well, maybe sparked some imagination of authors worldwide. Specifically, this is, I should say, in English books from any time from the origin of the word and the first known use in 1595 to modern day in 2020. Yeah, so it, it, it went through a period of spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping almost yearly through 1935 to 1955. And this 
especially that the majority of that time period is, as we know, the peacetime between World War I and World War II, and sparked, possibly, the imagination of English authors to write books about war and used words like legionnaire, which have connotations of war and warfare, member of a legion, could relate to simply a pact or a group of people that may, that may affiliate themselves with arms or warfare, but most commonly in um, that would relate to legions in armies. So that's my word of the month this month, the word legionnaire. And finally, having completed that relatively in-depth exploration of the word of the month, Legionnaire, we move to the new story of our time, that one those that segment that I promised, um, in that little roundup of what to expect. And the new story of our time concerning languages is that all of Alaska's 20 Native American languages are on the brink of extinction, as reported by The Independent. Now, Native American languages and culture, um, they have been suppressed throughout America until the Native American Languages Act passed in 1990. And to think that this Native American um, culture has been suppressed until almost the turn of the new millennium um, is quite outstanding. Um, quite horrifying that um, such rich history and culture that could be embedded in those languages um, has been ultimately pushed to the limits and even only now is it tra- are the languages attempted to be saved by the UN declaring 2019 and 2020 as the year of indigenous languages to um, attempt especially in the case of Alaska's native languages, to save them. Um, these languages, now they are attempting to be saved, uh, or if not saved, could have wide-reaching consequences, um, and these would be felt in a number of ways. And The first one is loss of awareness of nature, and this is that um, in many indigenous languages there is a focus on the importance of nature in much of the language, um, and many unknown indigenous species, indigenous to the area of the language uh, where it's spoken, uh, may also be threatened with extinction, and the loss of any speakers of the language may result in the species' extinction altogether, which, although not to be too pessimistic, could potentially lead to the collapse of an entire ecosystem, an entire forgotten or potentially unknown world, um, which could have been vital to our own survival in the world of Donald Trump and Kim Kim Jong-un. Without existential panic, really, the rich culture lost by the loss of languages, and it is certainly rich for anything valuable, is certainly something which any person cares about. And as language learners, I'm sure you'd agree that we certainly care an awful lot, not only about the language, but what the language enables us to do. Um, and now we move to the second loss, the second loss of languages, um, of indigenous languages in Alaska. It's not only the loss of knowledge and awareness of nature, um, but also that in the hunt for unknown or partially lost languages, 
um, we might require the knowledge or the dialects um, spoken in these languages and that failing to preserve the colloquial uh, dialects, amalgamations and mutations of the parent language may lead to a fruitless search of the language for some knowledge which might, although again not to be too cliched or pessimistic, uh, but in, might enlighten us in a world where any reminder of the natural world is few and far between. And we live in a world of Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un again. Um, so not to be too pessimistic, but that is our news story of the month. And that is that the 20 native languages of Alaska are on the brink of extinction. The only thing I can recommend in light of this news is don't always go for the languages that the most people speak. Of course, in learning a language, you need someone to converse with, someone to teach you, someone to learn from. But really, saving ind indigenous languages is an important pursuit, something that we really need to, I would say, hasten to um, to improve our efforts in because of the of the reasons I mentioned there, the fact that unknown languages um, or not partially lost languages could potentially give us some ancient wisdom uh, which could help in any way in this world um, in this in this life that we're all living um, and I think it's just important to remember where we all came from thank you this has been the first episode of Life of a Polyglot the podcast for language learners I hope you've enjoyed it I certainly have and the second episode will be coming in the next month or two. We'll see how it goes. This is Matthew. Over and out.